0: Teach Clay, a podcast for ceramic teachers looking to share ideas and to connect. My name is Julie Newman, and I am your host. Welcome back. We are really starting to feel the end of the school year coming soon. We're all finishing at different times, but most of us will be complete in about one to three weeks. I feel this sense of happiness and sadness at the same time, which I think is pretty natural. We've all worked so hard to make this transition manageable for our students. Sometimes at our sacrifice, but isn't that what teaching's all about? My next guest is no stranger to working hard and to sacrificing for her students. She's a high school ceramics teacher in Florida In this episode, she tells us about a successful cardboard sculpture project. During instruction, she offered prompts that focused on family and relationships. She tells us how she gives her students choices so that they can express themselves in their own way. The results gave her goosebumps as she looked through the project submissions. We also discuss the struggle to pick relevant projects when there are just so many ideas and lesson plans at our fingertips. So let's jump into this interview with Shannon first. All right. So today I am here with Shannon First, an art educator, ceramics teacher in Florida. Uh, Shannon, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Julie. Shannon and I are friends. We met several years ago at an and we keep kind of um, connecting every year except for this year. Physically, I should say, I know. Um, so Shannon, why don't you give everybody a little background about uh, where you teach, what, what classes you're teaching and how many students you have?
1: Uh, I teach in, like you said, in Florida at Coral Glades High School in Coral Springs, Florida. So I'm in South Florida. And I have um, four, four sections of ceramics one. And one section of Ceramics two, and then a combined class with uh, Ceramics two and three uh, this year. Um, so that's my teaching schedule.
0: Do you teach AP, or have you in the past?
1: I I do teach AP. I had two students this year. It's um, usually I have about four. Okay. So you know, mo- mainly it's the the students that are just really highly motivated and want to want to try it out. So. Yeah.
0: And do they normally put those students in with your other advanced students? So it's like a co-roster class? Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So when uh, this whole COVID-19 thing came around and, uh, you know, we were kind of on a temporary shutdown and then we're trying to get through spring break and then we finally, you know, were officially shut down. We, we went through so many different incarnations of like how we're going to do this. Are we just going to get by? Or now it's the long haul. Um I wanna talk through a lot of different things and emotions that we felt through this. Um, but one thing we need to establish first is how have you been delivering your instruction um, online? And what kind of technology do your students have available?
1: So our in, our entire district went to um, using Canvas a, f- a few years ago. Um, so we are using Canvas and um, our, our school did was able to get out computers to students who needed them so most of my students do have computers
0: and were you using canvas uh for all of those years were you like did you dive right in or were you just kind of like getting your toes wet
1: i love learning new technology i think i think you do as well (laughs) we talked about that before And, and um so as as soon as they um, Announced the training to learn canvas. I actually jumped on that So I think it was three or four years ago that I did a three-day training for canvas And then I, I've used it mainly for my advanced classes um, Because it is a mixed class uh, they could just log on my AP kids could just log on to canvas and I could have already given them comments and given them direction and resources on canvas so I could I I've, I've been using it in my class for a while, but not like this you know, not, not. <laughs> not for everything. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, that actually brings up like maybe a, a good parallel. Let's, let's talk about what Canvas was before the shutdown. So you said that you would comment on things. Did you have students like submitting their projects, like a picture of their project? Or did you assign? Well, how did you use Canvas in your classroom before?
1: So um, in my, I've taught photography as well, but in my ceramics class, I um, basically, like I said, it was mainly for my AP art students. So they would come into class and and also ceramics three. So they would come into class and I would introduce the lesson to everybody else. And then I would say, um, AP students, you can log on to Canvas and see the assignment that I posted or maybe there was a video. So right. I, I can think of one in particular that when we had to do the breadth sesh- section, I know that, you know, AP has changed now, but we used to have a breadth section. Right. <laughs> so they did a hand sculpture, and so I would post a video on canvas um, with somebody making a hand making a hand, and a technique that you can use to make a hand. So those are kind of the things that I would do, but they wouldn't hand <laughs> in their assignments or photos of their assignments, or it wasn't that involved. It was mainly to, to kind of disseminate the resources. So.
0: Well, that, that actually, I, I'm so glad that you uh, detailed that because uh, I I do not co-roster yet, but I uh, we're just introducing AP3D, probably not next year because of this whole situation, but the following year, um, and I will be co-rostered, and so thinking about sometimes where you want to get everybody started because you only have 50 minutes in a class or however many you have, uh, but you can't give everybody instruction at the same time. So that's a great way to say, hey, AP Kids, get started on this. It's in Canvas or Google Classroom. I'm going to work with my level two, level three, or vice versa. That's a great suggestion.
1: Yeah. And also it helps to personalize learning as well. Because, you know, after you get into the sustained investigation, um, you know, I might be looking at their artwork and I might do a little critique or something on canvas and and they can read it before they start working for that day. Or just, you know, just give them general feedback, suggestions, ask them questions like, what are you going to do next? (laughs) You know, with the idea. So
0: that's great. I, so at my last school, I I haven't been there for four years, but, and we were using Canvas before I moved to my new school. I seem to remember in the grading section or in the, um, after they submit an assignment that you can actually record your voice. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a tool right where you can click and you can actually record your voice, giving the critique or asking the questions, which could be for some, I know, the feedback that I'm getting right now is that teachers are struggling with grading. We're struggling to read all those reflections in a timely manner because normally we'll do like one reflection per project and now we're doing one reflection almost per week. So it just seems like grading is the hard thing right now.
1: Yes. Canvas does make it a little easier to streamline and to like teacher workflow. Um, I'm really grateful for that because all the grading just gets pushed right into our grade book, which um, That's is really, nice. but you're right. I mean, normally we could just walk around the classroom and check everybody's work. And now, you know, we actually have to type responses. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think too, like when they're making and working on a project that might take a week, we've checked in with them four or even five times throughout the week. Whereas now we're delivering the instruction and assessing it after five days of no interaction with the teacher. So I'm Mm -hmm. finding the quality, um, you know, just like one or two questions. If I could have asked that on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, it could have changed uh, the quality or the the direction of the work. I miss that. Yeah, I miss that. Me too. so um, enough of those frustrations Uh, let's maybe kind of take a little dovetail in another direction and talk about some things that you've had successes with so um, is there anything that you can call out that it's like oh this this has been a real like a hit out of the park
1: Um, I think the last assignment that I taught I was I almost cried when I saw some of the sculptures that students handed in because I could, you know, and I saw how much thought they put into their reflection. And, you know, I, it just, I get the goosebumps thinking about it, because, you know, I, it was a success. So.
0: Well, <laughs> sure. tell me more. I'm super <laughs> intrigued now. What was this successful project?
1: So um, the assignment or the challenge was to create a a space I left it really open actually it was to create a sculpture out of cardboard that was symbolic in some way so but I also gave a little bit more structure for the students who needed it and created an option where they could create um, sculptures about their family so they um, developed uh, in their sketchbooks they developed ideas about their families and the the people in their family, the character traits, although it it didn't have to be the people in their family. It could have been a close friend or, you know, some of the students even listed teachers and coaches. Wow. So, and they didn't need to disclose anything to me. I'm not asking them to disclose everything about their lives. Um, So they actually created sort of a code for those people using line, shape, color, and form. And in their sketchbooks, they kind of took character traits and then thought about how they could represent those with in a visual way. Um, They could do representational um, images if they wanted to and incorporate that, or they can just use abstract. So, um, So in the end, they could create one sculpture that was about all the people in their family, or they could create separate smaller sculptures that represented different people. So it was more of like a series of smaller sculptures. Um, so that was one option. And then basically the second option, I just said, make something symbolic like using cardboard, <laughs> right? right? So I got all kinds of responses. Um, you know, I think at this time, it's really important to leave it open for students who want to um, kind of express themselves in their own way. So, um, so one student created um, some creatures and one of the creatures was a butterfly and it had like a sad face and but it had these beautiful wings because she's a senior and she wanted Mm. to symbolize all her feelings about being a senior. Um, so anyway, just, just now before we, you know, started chatting, I went online and a student had handed in, a. um, a cardboard lantern that they Mm -hmm. need. They cut out a design on the sides and um, spray painted it. So I haven't read the reflection on that yet, but um, you know, I'm just, so that's, that's pretty much it. That's amazing. I'm blown
0: away. These students are blowing me away as well because this is like a less than ideal situation and yet they're still creating, which is, is amazing. Yeah. Um, I like how you said, you know, you gave them options because I think a lot of students are going through this transition time where their family is is very special because they're going to be leaving, hopefully, and going off to college or, you know, they're graduating and moving on. So almost that like nostalgic um, holding on to the family. But then there's a whole other set of, of students that might not have, might be foster youth. might, You know, there's, there's so many things that the the word family might be a trigger. So Mm -hmm. going to a coach or a loved one or completely rerouting away from the family idea, um, Mm -hmm. giving them options. I felt like, you know, we're both pretty active in the Facebook group, uh, all of the Facebook groups. And I feel like a lot of teachers are going towards options and projects, not just saying this is what we're doing to do this, you have to meet these goals and submit it by Friday. They're saying, here's several options. Have you done that on any other projects or is this the first time you tried that out?
1: So this is actually our first art assignment that we've completed. Um, we started maybe a little later than all of you because we had spring break that got extended. Gotcha. Um, so we've, we've been teaching for about four weeks and really the first week was just here. We just need to teach them how to use
0: campus
1: <laughs> yeah so my first assignment was just take a picture of ceramics in your house and submit it and check in um and my second assignment was actually to watch a video um phil Hansen's ted talk okay embrace the shake are you uh-huh. familiar with that one i haven't seen it but i'm gonna write it down <laughs> so it's it was um it was i think it was a good way to start because you know being in ceramics where we don't actually have the material that we're supposed to have um it's about an artist that overcame challenges um in his own life and in his own artwork and ended up creating some really amazing um unique uh artworks with very limited materials wow
0: so yeah, so and
1: that's where we are right now.
0: Like that I bet the students totally identify with that after right.
1: That's yeah, right. yeah, so um, so that kind of kind of really took that that and and then I had a sketchbook assignment as well. So I didn't just jump into the sculpture um one week. we're We're basically doing one to two assignments per week, okay? um in our district in our school. That's what's recommended. So. Um, not giving, I'm not overloading the students with work. So <clears throat> I think that's why really we've only finished one pro- one project. And I'd rather students spend some time thinking, sketching ahead of time than just dive into the making too. So, you know, kind of get acclimated, collect materials. Um, one of their assignments was just to, to collect materials that they could use, you know, save those empty food boxes and Um, toilet paper paper tubes (laughs) and all of those things that you know we don't look at as art materials you know normally we just we just toss them in the recycle bin or in the garbage so um so I wanted them to kind of look at the, the things that they have in their houses and the resources that they have
0: was the cardboard project the sculpture was that a one week project from like assignment of the actual project objectives to submission
1: it was but we actually it was more like a two week project okay. because we did do the sketchbook assignment one week kind of brainstormed about the people i gave them a, a giant list of character traits and they had to make sketches in their sketchbooks and then and i had a video and everything for that kind of walking through the students who needed help with that and then um and then it was one week
0: okay that makes sense and you know when we think about how we deliver our instruction and have students work through projects uh in real life in our real uh classrooms they're multi-week projects you know we we rarely are assigning one on a monday it's due on friday especially in clay Because we're working with, you know, drying and different stages of clay, and then we have glazing. So I think our students are used to projects being a little bit longer and maybe working a little bit harder on the front end for planning, sketching, idea generation. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, one thing I always tell my students is, you know, your first idea is rarely the idea. I always tell them, okay, you came up with one, now give me two more and then let's choose. And that takes time. I think that people that aren't in the arts, they just assume that we can just make things quickly. It all takes time to create. So I like that, that that took really two weeks as opposed to just like pushing through in one.
1: Right. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a foreign... Um, a foreign concept too for a lot of the students to use symbolism and to use the elements of art in a symbolic way Um, so and so I think it it took a little time to for them but it's also a spontaneous thing when you're working with the card boards you're coming up with ideas as you go so there is some spontaneity they didn't plan their idea out from start to finish for this you know
0: Yeah. And they have to, you know, they'll modify and change by creating. That's great. Have you had any challenges that either anticipated or unanticipated challenges through all of this that have um, either caused frustration or kind of delayed or, or kind of knocked you in a different direction?
1: I think one of the main challenges is that I just have so many ideas. I mean, All the teachers are posting online, and I'm actually having a difficult time choosing what to do. Like, oh, I want to do that, you know, found object sculpture. Oh, let's do the masks, and you know, honestly, we just don't have that much time. And um, you know, I guess I could keep going on and on, but uh, you know, we only have four weeks of school left for in our district. So um, I guess just trying to decide what to do and what was most appropriate for my students was at this time of the year was the hardest thing. I really kind of just tried to ground myself in the standards, like really look back at the standards and what we would normally have been doing this year, which was symbolism. We would be incorporating symbolism in our and sculpture. So um, I just kind of went with that as kind of my grounding, you know,
0: and I like how relevant it is for them in this time where they're feeling kind of out of control and um, that you brought that symbolism, that family, you brought that back as like a grounding piece. That's nice.
1: It seemed like, you know, I find that, you know, that, that's my goal, right? All the time when I create lessons is that, you know, we want to make something that's relevant to our students' lives. Um, you know, my students in APR art would be fine if I threw out an assignment that this is going to be about negative and positive shapes. The positive and negative sculpture that I had posted earlier with a PowerPoint, a teacher had given that assignment to me, which was really successful. And I particularly used it as like a small little assignment just to teach students about positive and the relationship between positive and negative space. And also in a sculpture, the idea of visual weight. And um, kind of lift in the, um, in a sculpture. So I decided not to do that one because I just didn't think from a distance that they would find it relevant, you know, that it was something that would work in a classroom because we made the sculptures, we would shine lights on them and create a shadow on the wall so they could see the relationships of the positive and negative space. And, um, you know, I just didn't think that would translate to working online so is that that
0: um positive negative um cardboard i I think it was the like paper towel rolls or toilet paper rolls is that something you use during your regular
1: curriculum during a year i do i do um i've done it a couple times and um you know i teach ceramics but i there's a pretty i teach hand building so we're not wheel throwing and um you know there's an emphasis on on sculpture. In my class, we do pottery, we do sculpture, we do a little bit of everything, but we definitely have an emphasis on 3D design. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and I often do assignments that are in paper or have them make templates, have them make prototypes and paper and cardboard before they work. Right. So, and that's just a, a little kind of quick assignment that doesn't cost any money really that you can do in between as a learning opportunity
0: yeah oh, that's great that's great so where do you go next you you kind of mentioned you've got four weeks left until the end of the year uh, where are you headed next
1: well that's a good question <laughs> <laughs> i know right you know i started like three modules online and i'm like and i'm trying to narrow down again you know i saw this um i'm actually this next week i'm just now that we've made something i'm just gonna Check in with my students. You know, I think our assignment for this week is just going to be just check in. You know, and also um, I had a module about the difference between copying and inspiration. Mm. So, um, which is, is something that I usually we we talk about a lot during the year, but now online it seems it seems even more relevant. So, um, and then. I really like this assignment I saw somebody do with creating um, pottery inspired by uh, celebrities. I was thinking about like celebrity fashion because the Met Gala Mm -hmm. was, you know, was just, um, was supposed to happen this week, I think. And, you know, that's always a big fashion type of event. And I, I, I just think I wanted to do something fun that would relate to pottery so they could. I saw a teacher who posted something on Instagram with that, um, taking the, I don't want to steal someone else's idea. Steal someone else's thunder. here. Well, that, <laughs> but, I mean, everybody, when you put it online,
0: you're sharing your successes, right? And, <laughs> and hopefully inspiring the masses. That's right. what we're all doing here.
1: Right. So they actually use the pottery app, um, oh, pottery, yeah. pottery L Y Potter, pottery Lee, or I don't know how you say it, but, um, So it, it, I tried it and it was really fun. Like I enjoyed it. You actually shape the pottery, you fire the pottery, and then you, you know, add designs to the surface and it's super open. And I thought, and I just loved her example. So her students turned in a photo of the celebrity and they turned in um, their piece of pottery that was inspired by their, the celebrity. Wow. Yeah. So they get, you know, they basically, so it's kind of going back to that. The difference between copying and inspiration, you know, you're kind of trans. You're, we're not drawing Batman on the pottery, you know, right. but like we're being inspired by the lines, the colors, the patterns that you know, and creating piece pottery inspired by that. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's that's what I'm thinking. Maybe for my ceramics two and three class, I don't want to have to have people download any, you know, anything on their phones. I know that's really always sometimes difficult for my students but um, it's free. And then there's other options. I mean they they could draw it, Um, they uh, they could use their computers to use some of the drawing and painting apps on their computers. I know some of my students really dislike drawing, so I might have them go back to the cardboard and make, you know, make a template out of the cardboard, make a symmetrical pottery shape, and then add the design. Yeah. So, you know, again, I'm going to have
0: options. There, I was going to just say that, and there you go <laughs> there, your options again, which yes. we have to meet each kid where they are, and we have to make sure that we're, like, accommodating all of the, like, lack of materials, or, uh, like you said, they don't want to draw. Mm-hmm. Some kids, they take ceramics because they know that they're not going to, or they think that they're not going to have to draw, um, and for the most part, they're, they're, they don't, except for in, like, sketching or planning, so, um, um,
1: but I, I, I love Sorry, I love some of the um, things people are posting with like architecture, you know, thinking about um, maybe taking a famous piece of arch- or architecture and translating that into sculpture, maybe into a cardboard relief. Um, in my ceramics one class this time of year, too, we, we usually make tiles. It's a good like end of the year assignment and they make relief tiles and with an inspirational message. So I thought that would be appropriate as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, they could use salt dough. They could use um they could use the cardboard to create their relief, or they could just do paper. I think there's like a a Mexican, um, there's a form of art in, in Mexico that they use like layers of paper. Oh. Um, so I have to look it up because it's been a while. Um I think it begins with an M. But um so so you know, they could use just again the regular materials or some of them actually bought clay. Like I have some students who were so sad about not having clay that they, they went out and bought some. I so. went out and bought it, I love it.
0: Oh. <laughs> you know, it's interesting cause I've been interviewing a lot of teachers and you know, some teachers were able to um, send clay to their students. Some teachers were able to leave uh, them to be picked up at this school and other teachers, it's like, no, there the, the, there is no option for that. But we've all kind of found our way as ceramics teachers, I, I have teachers at my, in my school say, how are you teaching ceramics? I'm like, well, I'm teaching ceramics. <laughs> it's like I'm mm-hmm. I'm taking care of it and it's it's going really well and my students are still getting a very art-focused curriculum and and I think they're really enjoying it. So that's been a, the positive out of it.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, this is a fine arts credit for graduation. So okay. my ceramics, one student, my four sections of ceramics, one student, Really, they're meeting the standards for art, you know? Um, And really, at this time of year, we're almost done using wet clay. I mean, what do they say? No clay in May. Right, (laughs) right, exactly. (laughs) So, I mean, because we're usually finishing, we're usually glazing and finishing things up. And plus, we didn't have the eight days of super testing. We we call them our super testing days because the students don't even come to school for regular classes. They just come for the end-of-course exams. Eight days? Oh, I think there's actually six now. They consolidated some of the days. Right. They take their algebra, their geometry tests, their AP tests, and they don't have regular classes. So um, so really the end of the year is (laughs) is pretty light. Ceramic light. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Exactly. I do clay in May, but it's not anything we're keeping. I do a stop motion movie and we like turn it into the Oscars and they they all have to do 30 seconds per person. So some students will do 30 seconds on their own and then other students will kind of collaborate and do like a minute and a half film together. But at Mm -hmm. the end of the um the like last week of school, we have a screening in the Oscars and I put like a red sheet of paper down on the floor. They walk the red carpet. So It's really kind of fun. And then then I hand out their, their Oscars or paper plates and I'll like write their names and
1: their awards on the paper plates. So, you know, what? I have something to ask you about that because just for logistics, do they use the school devices to do those or do they use their own devices?
0: Um, we're not allowed to allow the students to use their cell phones during the school day. So it has to be our school devices, but my school is one-to-one. So every student has a Chromebook. Um, And then they just did not this year, but last year they upgraded the Chromebooks to the ones that have the regular webcam, like a laptop up in the top. And then they also have a camera down to the left of the mouse pad. So they have two cameras, which means you can put the Chromebook, you can invert it and put it in tent mode. And that right there changed my whole life for the stop motion. (laughs) Because they can put it in tent mode and they can almost use it like an iPad and it just takes a much better video. Um, But the fun thing about it with the clay is, I I love the students, they can make their stop motion with paper. They can do it with found objects like Legos or anything they wanna bring in, candy. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of candy. Um, or they can use clay and they, some of the kids will do like the, the egg frying on the frying pan and the clay is fun because they can change it and manipulate it. Um, So I, I've enjoyed that project. I'm, I'm currently figuring out how to adapt it for this stay at home uh, time so that they can still finish with that because I know that they look forward to it.
1: Yeah. I was thinking about doing that. I was, i know i can hear my students voices and them saying to me i don't want to fill up my phone with 50 pictures (laughs) right you know or 100 pictures because you know you need 12 pictures per second you know at least yeah
0: so you don't do it in the camera app on your phone so what you would do is um i the iphone they have a an app and so they would have to down the app download the app And you take all the pictures within the app. And so they crunch it and then then it it does not go to your camera reel.
1: Okay. All right. Uh,
0: And the same thing with, so like on the Chromebook, there's a Chrome extension. There's a couple of different ones that I've tried. Um, the one that I like the most is called Clap Motion. Um, it's a there's a couple little funny things you gotta gotta work with it a bit until you're familiar with it. So I always do like a screencastify where I explain all those little glitches to my students before, and okay. then once once they know it, it it goes well. And all the pictures are saved
1: within the app. Okay, I've used Lapse It before. Okay, um, that's a that's a pretty good one. Um, but you're right. Right. I mean, that makes total sense. Because I know when I first learned how to do it, like years ago, maybe back in 2010, it was like you had to like take the photos. They didn't have all these apps. They you didn't. Know? Now They have an app for everything.
0: <laughs> there is. And it makes it so easy that you literally have to have no experience. You can set up your Chromebook or your phone and you just get right to it. It's great uh last thing before we shift into like about you what have you do you guys give final exams normally and is there any discussion about final exams right now
1: yes our we normally do give exams we have um, students are allowed to exempt three of their classes if they have a b or better in that okay. class so normally this time we would um be, maybe not this at this time but yeah seniors would be getting like their exemptions and everything but our district actually decided to not have any final exams. You know, it was, it's just too hard online to do that. And so they're just taking the best grade, either the third marking period grade or the fourth marking period grade, and they're doubling it for their final exam for all students. And teachers don't have to do anything. It's just, it's all going to be entered through the district. I guess there's a way to you know just select the best grade and that just gets put in that slot. That's
0: so, great. that's great. yeah, good, because that's kind of the the next thing that we're all talking about is what are we going to do for a final exam? And my school has said uh, that they would rather us instead of doing like a formal schedule and like sit down exam that it should be a project or a reflection, or we're trying to reevaluate what that final exam would look like in an online setting, which I think it has to be different, yes so well i know you're a maker so as we wrap this up um i know that you've been painting i know that you've been making some ceramic pieces over this time um you want to tell me
1: about that really it's it's been my escape you know i and i think that's why i wanted students to make some art you know with their hands to build i mean they they sign up for my class because they want to build things with their hands and and that's been my escape during this whole thing. I know we, we went right into spring break and I just put everything on hold and just said, okay, I'm going to make things with my son. My son made some sculptures. I've been making pottery. Yes. Um, so I think going to Nseka these last couple of years has inspired me to do some functional work. So, um, kind of diving into that. And I, and I actually got a pottery wheel this year of my own. So um, just trying to improve my skills, really. Just right. um, I mainly have hand builds for for years. So um, just just practicing, just getting my hands in, in the clay.
0: <laughs> now, I saw a picture of, and I think we uh, maybe messaged about this, but there was a picture that you had some transfers on the clay. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Those were beautiful.
1: Yes. Those are actually transfers that I have bought. Um, from different different people who are selling them. Um, and so they're not my own transfers, but, um, but I just wanted to, I, I love printmaking. Printmaking has always been another love of mine. And the great thing about ceramics is that it can be printmaking, it can be drawing, it can be painting, it can be sculpture, yeah. all in one. Everything. It's everything. So I do have some designs in the back of my head that I think I'm going to try to make some of my own. Underglaze transfers using photo silk screen techniques. Um, been watching all the Instagram videos of people who are doing that, so taking notes. <laughs> um, but really um it's just it is just a fun way just to order some and just experiment with them on top of underglazes, on top of slips, and um just play around. I cut them up, I arrange them in different ways, and um Yeah. So just thinking about surface design on low fire, red clay.
0: Nice. Very nice. It was beautiful. So it it inspired me to, to get making, I like the next day I got on the wheel. I'm like, I have to, it'll fill my soul. Just do it. (laughs) Awesome. um, If people want to find you, do you want to give us a place where we can find you?
1: Sure. My, uh, my Instagram handle and my Twitter handle for um, teaching my professional pages are, or professional accounts are the same. It's at S-F-U-R-S-T-T. Um, and I just created an Instagram account for my own personal work. I, you know, even though I'm just getting started with pottery, really just kind of experimenting. I, I love to scroll through everybody else's Instagram accounts and see where they started and, you know, how much they've grown.
0: Absolutely. So I
1: decided just to jump on. So that is Shannon first studio.
0: Okay. And first F U R S T. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's been great to reconnect and to see your face. Um, I know everybody else got to listen to your voice and your excellent ideas. Um, but thank you so much for sharing with us today.
1: Thank you, Julie. This has been great. And, you know, I miss seeing you at NCICA, so I'm so glad that you are doing this and that everybody can listen to these conversations. This is, this is awesome.
0: It is always great to talk shop with Shannon. I really felt reassured that what we are teaching right now is okay. She reminded me that we are teaching art standards and that the concepts really transfer across all mediums. I so deeply want my students to be working in clay, but I know I'm delivering quality instruction rooted in the art standards. The students are still learning and growing. The students are still gaining an appreciation for making art, and the students are still appreciating the arts. Shannon brought up the phrase, no clay in May. This has never been more relevant than it is now. And with that, I bid you farewell, stay healthy friends, and keep connecting.